0: Let's go.
1: Lester, the night
2: fly.
3: I'm Lester the Nightfly. Night I'm Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio?
4: Hello, this is PJ Ewing. You are listening to Lester the Nightfly, and we are about to step into a new world. The world of VRL Valerie Rose Loman from Los Angeles, Burbank, uh, a world of creativity. Valerie, <laughs> you are in. You are truly, uh, as I was doing my research, I, w- I was getting, my head was starting to hurt. I'm not getting it, <laughs> really. I'm like, she's doing this, oh my gosh, she's doing, she's got a YouTube channel that's just popping and she's doing musical theater and she's got singles that she's releasing. She's a video game voiceover artist. She's coaching voiceover people. It's it's seemingly endless and really amazing. And I just want to say before any, we get to know you and we hear your playlist, which is just the most fun. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw a little admiration your way, because what I can see from my seat here in New York and you doing your work in Hollywood and LA and Burbank is a lot of work, a lot of dedication, just a, a woman who is driven and making things go, uh, you know, what, what just making opportunities happen, whether they're they're obvious or there or not. and I just it's it's really neat to watch to see.
5: Thank you. I at that I have like a big grin on my face that I really appreciate that. Most of the time, I just feel tired. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. I really do appreciate that. Thank you.
4: We're going to listen to a playlist. We have a couple back to back shows, everyone. so you're gonna to get to really sink into the the music and the world that Valerie has created for us. But before that, Valerie, I'm going to cede the floor to you. This is your moment. Some of your 15 minutes oh, of fame, right? Get amazing. ready. <laughs> the, 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 the lights are, the gels are going. What, um, tell us about you, that, 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 that question. What about you? Oh, gosh. You?
5: <laughs> it's always tricky when I answer what, like, tell me about yourself, because I, I do have my hands in so many metaphorical creative pots. Um, I was born and raised in Southern California. I was born in Corona out in the Inland Empire. My parents are from Anaheim. So I grew up in both Orange County and and the Inland Empire. When I was 12, I started going to the Orange County High School of the Arts, where I went for a couple of years. And I studied in their musical theater department. And then around the summer, I turned 15. I convinced my mother to let me leave school to start acting professionally and just finish up high school online, which I did. I'm still amazed that I convinced her to let me do that.
4: Yes. Yeah. I can imagine that conversation. (laughs) Not an easy one.
5: No, no. But I am um, incredibly headstrong and apparently persuasive. um, And I have been working professionally since I was 15 um, or I guess uh, 14 or 15.
4: Wow. Wow, yeah. that's a really young age. And working professionally, what does one do at 14, 15, 16, 17? What kind of work does that does that entail? A
5: lot of regional theater. So, my first um, professional onstage job was at Tibby's Center Stage Dinner Theater in Fontana. I played Johnny Cunningham in Happy Days, the musical. And then I did a lot of dinner theater. I did my first equity show when I was 16, which was Parade at 3D Theatricals, which is Um, one of my favorite shows I've ever done. And then I just kind of kept working from there. I've done a lot of theater in LA, a lot of 99 seat theater. And then I started moving over to film and TV and fell into voiceover around the time I was 18. And that's been like my main job for the last like six years.
4: Absolutely great. I say that because I am a giant consumer of audio. Yes, I have a radio show and I love (laughs) audio, Well, that Mm -hmm. makes sense. But I am a big consumer of podcasts, a big consumer of audiobooks, and you do voiceover for 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 both, I think, and and also for yeah, you do audiobooks as well, don't you?
5: I do, I do. I have been working a lot lately with Penguin Random House, which I've been very grateful for. So I'm working on my fourth book with them starting tomorrow. Um, I'm working. Monday through Thursday, every day for like seven hours a day on like a really cool YA mystery novel, which I'm very excited about.
4: I love this. Is there a list that you there must be that you keep of all the voiceover? I would love to put that on the blog at Lesterthenightfly dot com, uh, of, yeah. of your audiobooks, actually.
5: Yeah, so I know the easiest way that I've been able to pull titles is if you just search my name on Audible or wherever you get audiobooks, the wonderful thing about that is if you search by narrator, you can find all the narrator's um, stuff.
4: I've actually sent letters or emails to voiceover people. Like, I just want to say, you know, the kind Uh of gushing fan thing to a voiceover artist for an audiobook or a series or whatever, because it's such a, well, in my opinion... Uh, Okay, let me go back. There is a thing that you may or may not be aware of called Bride's Head Revisited. Jeremy Irons... um, it was, uh, it stopped England cold, maybe 35 years ago. Before all of the streaming and all the opportunities, it was a, a, a story, a short story, that was turned into a mini-series, nine hours, and it was sort of epic, a period piece. It's this spanned, a, you know, maybe a 30-year period. And Jeremy Irons, a young, young, young Jeremy Irons, was in this film, uh, this series, uh, made for TV. Yeah. BBC, kind of, you know, Merchant Ivory kind of thing. And, it was epically important to our family we had the vhs tapes at the time and we watched it over and over and over again but in one scene lady Marchmain, right everyone is dressed up it's formal england maybe let's call it the 30s and pre-world war ii and it's uh very very formal in the fanciest of clothes little uh you know drinks going on it's after dinner and the entertainment was the lady of the house reading the Father Brown mysteries, right? That was <gasps> the highest form of entertainment in the wealthiest, you know, the upper echelon, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And ever since that scene where they're all Ooh. sitting and formally, and we had, I have always regarded an audiobook version of the story of the, the text, an unabridged mm-hmm. audiobook, as a luxury. Some brilliant person like VRL, Valerie Rose Loman, (laughs) reading to PJ with all of her (laughs) skills on a bridge, the wonder of the author, all that thinking and work. And then someone that interprets this wonderful work for me, Lazy PJ, sitting on his iPhone. I mean, that is that is to me a a supreme luxury. So I really do have very high regard for what, what you do in that in that space. Super cool
5: my audiobook mentor he told me a couple months ago he was um, also if you hear any growling i do have a puppy who uh, is always (laughs) always anytime i'm talking anyone always begging for attention so she should be fine but if you do hear anything i do apologize
4: no it's okay what's the puppy's (laughs) Um, name What's what's your
5: wendy like peter pan and wendy she is a three-year-old multi-poo malty poo is um the love of my life
4: (laughs) of course yes (laughs) um <laughs> hi Wendy how you doing
5: hi. yes hi
3: <laughs> there she is um <laughs> she's so cute yes, but she. what I was
5: gonna what I was gonna say was um he told me he said um he always really thinks of audiobooks as the most intimate form of entertainment because you are listening just to the storyteller right in your ear telling you a story like there's there's no bells there's no whistles there's generally for most audiobooks not a lot of music or production it's just such a sincere authentic person-to-person storytelling which um i had never thought of before you're you're working with an audience of one it like reminds me of like when my mom used to read stories out loud to me when i was little so that kind of like really changed my perspective about the genre as a whole and how to approach the work in
4: it so you also do video game voiceover and this was a big deal what remains of Edith or some would say Edith what remains of Edith Finch um wow um even just recently you're publishing about the, the this wonderful thing in your life tell us a bit about that
5: yeah so um I booked what remains of Edith Finch a couple years ago I think uh Christmas 2016. I had before that only done a couple of um voiceover projects, some anime dubbing, some live action dubbing, stuff like that. And they had me audition. I sent in a single MP3 audition tape that I recorded on my phone. And a couple of weeks later, the role was mine. I remember being really nervous when I recorded, but at the same time being like, oh, this is just like a mobile, like, not that anything is like just a mobile game or just something, but like I was like. I don't think there are any people are going to watch this. I think this is just something small with a small budget. And it was not something small with a small budget. I mean, it was absolutely an indie title, but um the way that it blew up so ferociously and so quickly was a roller coaster because I again, I was so grateful for it and also so completely unprepared for being thrust into a world and a genre that I didn't know that much about. My my brother and my sister are the gamers in the family. I enjoy gaming, but I'm not nearly as good as them, so I'm the one who loses first and is like, "I'm going to go eat dinner now. Bye." And I booked Wolfenstein right on the heels of me being nominated for a BAFTA, and it just so quickly changed my life in a way that was very unexpected.
4: It's funny because I did listen to your voice a little bit earlier today, as I was kind of getting ready for this, watching a walkthrough that is um, really, really cool of the game. And you can do that on, on YouTube. It's super cool. And you can hear your voice. And, and it was immediately intriguing. The design and all that stuff is great. I sent it to my daughter, who's a big gamer. And I have a feeling we're going to kind of get into this game. And it's years later. But it looks, it looks really, really intriguing, actually, from what I could tell.
5: Yeah, and I believe they just remastered it for um, PS5 and the newest Xbox. So wow. it's been cool because a whole new um, a whole new set of gamers have been discovering it, even in the last couple weeks, which is always wild. Because um, it's been uh, for a game that's come out since 2017, it's it's very much continued to steadily grow a fan base, which is wow. people are discovering it every day and sending me messages on Instagram and on TikTok it's crazy
4: we're not going to do another amazing thing that you do we're going to just put pause on that we're going to hold off on that because i want to play some music i want to hear your voice let's get into some music you have a wonderful playlist we're going to go through it everyone it's it's one more song that's interesting than the next it's just it's really going to be great i'm sure you're going to enjoy uh, all of it but let's start with one of your your brand new single mm-hmm. uh valerie it's called easy to love it's right right 2022 Um, Let's listen to it right now, then we'll talk about it. Cool. That was easy to love. Uh, you go by VRL for your your pop music, right? Is that, that how it I works? do? I do. Yes. And and why? What what's that all about?
5: Um. So I really wanted to go by Val or Valerie, but there were. Um. I I remember I looked it up on Spotify. There are a lot of artists that are just Valerie or just Val, and I wanted to do something with my name because. Um, for me, music is like when I'm anytime I'm playing a character, I'm putting on someone else. My music is me or like the parts of me that I don't usually show. So I wanted it to be something that was about my name. So I just kind of went with my initials and it's it's kind of stuck.
4: Great. Yeah. Well, by the way, it's funny because I had forgotten the VRL and I was looking for VAL and saw all of the Valerie Lomans. I, I yes, you're right. Yeah. That was a good decision.
5: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah.
4: Yes, very very good. So this <laughs> is a really fun song. Uh, did you record it this year then, 2022?
5: I did. Yes, okay. I recorded it in March. I think mm-hmm. I recorded it in March. Yeah.
4: Okay, and it just came out. Uh, I'm just for a second. Is it? Is it? You're seeing an old lover again. It's very sexy, very seductive. Thank you. You'd be easy to love. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like there's a moment, it's a bit of a story, like, I I, I, I gathered from my, you know, brief listenings, that it yeah. was, I see someone that I know, had a relationship, you know, I'm easy to love, are you easy to love, like, it, like, it's just going to happen again. Is that, did I get close?
5: Yeah, no, that's it's absolutely what it was. So, when I started writing it, I thought it was going to be a love song, because it was about who I was seeing at the time, and then we broke up, and... And through the metamorphosis of working on the song, it turned into this kind of melancholy piece about like, I wishing for what was, but also knowing that like each person wasn't right. It wasn't that anyone did anything inherently wrong, but it's like wrong place, wrong person, wrong time. And also like that idea of that's why there's that end of like, I'm not easy to love that self-reflection of like, was I the problem? Were they the problem? so it's it's kind of a lot of different things. and then there's a lot of like imagery from the classical tarot deck of of cards in there as well to kind of illustrate that storyline as well
4: you know, and I just want to say though, because of the beat and the the sonic quality, it had a club. I'm in a bar, I'm in a club kind of feeling. I wonder if that's just the nature of the music but i i was i was seeing someone seeing someone across the room kind of thing i don't know why i just had an imagery in my head yeah might have been the music
5: that's uh i think lyrically absolutely is okay. is lending itself mm-hmm. to that the like late nights not long ago and all that the bridge into the final chorus and st- verse and stuff like that
4: yeah 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 i, w- I think there was the sun was setting there's some colors in uh, yeah. some lyric along those lines Yes. Well, it's beautiful. Well done. Uh, I hope it does extremely well for you. It's a lot of fun to listen to. And I'm glad we all got a chance to hear it. Thank you. So we're going to dive now into your playlist. And we have it that we didn't put it in any specific order. So it's going to meander a little bit. But that's fine. Because it's just it's again, very, very interesting. Well, let's go right into a song. This is an oldie, 1978. <laughs> Wuthering Heights is the song. For those that know Kate Bush, you'll say, oh yeah, I know that song. The album is The Kick Inside. Let's take a listen and we'll talk about it. Ah! I don't know Kate Bush so well. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my own fault. I know of some of her big hits and I know she how important she is and how, so many awards. And I mean, she's a big deal. Uh, this is the first. Uh, this song uh, was the first female artist in the UK to have a number one with her own work. I mean, this is a big deal. How do you know this song, though? <laughs> this is so long ago, well before you were born.
5: Yeah, I've been a Kate Bush fan for a while. I, I think I, I'm in the same boat of like, I don't know. I'm not someone who knows her entire discography, but like Wuthering Heights, Babushka, um, Running Up That Hill, cloud busting like her major ones I've been a fan of for a long while. And I originally discovered Wuthering Heights because I went through a phase of like loving the novel Wuthering Heights and i was obsessed ah. with the soundtrack from the 19 i think late 70s or early 80s film version so um in my like millionth listen of the soundtrack i came across kate bush's weathering heights and was just um immediately smitten with it
4: well thank you for bringing it to my attention i ha- i don't th- know if i've heard it before mm-hmm. um but i will say something that really struck me and just you know half an hour ago i'm sitting here getting ready to jump on with you and there it is that melody in the middle of it and there i am saying i know that melody that melody was either copied by someone or very coincidentally the same as barry manilow and the song mandy really yes and then i went and played it and i'm like heck yeah that's the same melody i mean the same uh you know and i'm not trying to get no fights kate and barry i mean i'm not (laughs) trying but but i'm serious it was mandy this this old i used to love barry manilow i used to love him um but yeah there's a song one of his big hits and right in the middle of of kate bush's song is is (laughs) barry manila what's he doing there i (laughs) I love that (laughs) it was so funny well you know what let's take a quick listen right now let's hear a snippet of mandy so we can all see if i'm insane
3: Face through a window, crying in the night The night goes into morning, just another day Happy people pass my way
4: you can all make your decisions on that i don't know i I heard it i heard it clear as day so we'll see okay so this is this is fair you're allowed to like this one valerie Mm -hmm. this one's from 2020 so i'll give you this one golden by harry styles yes this is from the album fine line let's hear it and then we'll hear some words from valerie rose loman So this is amazing, this is a giant hit. I watched the music video, Uh, what a good looking guy. It's a really cool video. He's running and singing, it was so bizarre. I I, I guess he was just running and singing, but he was moving quickly and his mouth was just normally, it was was like a very mesmerizing music video. Have you seen it by any chance? I have
5: seen it once and I remember really enjoying it.
4: Yeah, he's in some really cool places. Anyways, it's a great song, it's a huge hit. 200 million views on YouTube. I mean, this is epic for this guy uh where did it come into your life this track
5: i discovered this song after his hit watermelon sugar came out um because i really enjoyed that song and then i think this came up as a suggested song on spotify and i just kind of lasered in on this it's something that i have wanted to like cover in my own concerts when i eventually start performing live it it is a song that i have just it's a great driving at night song down the freeway or by the beach and i just really love His lyrical content, I don't want to be alone. No, I don't want to be alone. Like that section just lyrically is just so um, vulnerable to me. And it just really struck a chord with me. And I've just, I've loved it so much since the first time I've listened to
4: it. I had not heard it until today. And I really, really liked it as well. There's a great musical interlude in the middle. So catchy. Uh, it's it's really I don't know how you can not like this song. I mean, oh, yeah. If you listen to it a couple times, it's it's going to be in your brain. Oh yeah,
5: absolutely. Yeah.
4: Really fun. Well, good for you. That's a good one. But we're moving um, back to or into, let's say, uh, musical theater. Mm-hmm. This is from Hades Town from the original cast recording, 2019. It's called "Wait for Me."
1: How to get to Hades Town? You have to take the long way down. Through the underground under cover of night, laying low, staying out of sight. Ain't no compass, brother. Ain't no map, just a telephone wire and a railroad track. Keep on walking and don't look back till you get to the bottom line.
3: Wait for me, I'm coming.
1: Sticks as high and wide, cinder bricks and razor wire, walls of iron and concrete, hound dogs howling round the gate. Those dogs are lay down and play dead if you got the bones, if you got the bread. But if all you got is your own two legs, just be glad you got them. Wait for me, I'm
3: coming.
0: walk a road that no one ever walked before
4: listening to lester the nightfly i have a guest valerie you are here it's so fun to go through your playlist you've got some amazing music here this is from Hades Town, a musical that i have not seen sadly it's a uh, orpheus and eurydice uh, a reimagined story i know it's immensely popular did extremely well in all the awards etc etc have you seen it is this from your own live experience seeing the show
5: i have listened to the the original cast album and the concert uh, the concept album religiously for the last several years. And I am finally going to be seeing it live um, when I come to New York next month.
4: First of all, how long are you going to be here just for a few days? Or are you going to make a trip of it?
5: Going to be here. F- I'm going to be there for four or five days. Um, my first two days are doing because um, so I'm doing that concert at 54 below. But in the day we are doing a private industry reading of the whole musical that will be presented by in concert that evening. As soon as our concert is over, I have like three or four days in New York to just have fun. Cause I haven't been since last July and I love the city.
4: Oh, we'll we'll be very honored to have you. I'm very Um, excited. Well, I'll sort out the key to the city. I know I've got (laughs) one somewhere. Amazing. That I'll bring. Yes, I'll bring over. So VRL, (laughs) so Valerie, why? What is the show? Tell us about the show that you're in.
5: (laughs) Yes, so I produced over the pandemic a uh, podcast musical called The Flame. We produced it as an eight-episode arc that, when you put it all together, is a two-and-a-half-hour runtime, so perfect musical theater live show runtime. And it is about a LGBTQ bar that is being taken over in a area that is becoming gentrified, and the love story between the bar owner and the woman trying to sell the building and it's just a delightfully sweet rom com, and I play Mel, who is this like tough as nails lawyer, which is so fun for me because I am the antithesis of both those things. I am <laughs> yes, a <that's> true. <laughs> yeah, I'm a non confrontational artist. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's very fun to step into her shoes. And we had a brilliant cast. Our podcast featured Jen Colella, Celina Kennedy. Um, J.J. Neumann, um, and we have Jen and J.J. for our 54 Below concert and some other new, new fresh faces as well. And it's my 54 Below debut. I've been watching 54 Below videos from any and every concert that they've put on since I was like in middle school. So it's um, it's a very big dream come true to finally step on that stage that I have just dreamt about performing. And my character's love interest is Tony nominee Jen Kalella. so I am both incredibly excited and a little bit intimidated to um, be be sharing the stage with a powerhouse like that.
4: Oh yeah, get worried. I'm going to be there, okay? And I'm harsh. My criticisms are no. Oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's going to be amazing. So I've not been there. How? I live here. I've been here for 35 years. I've never been to 54 below. I don't know. Really? What possibly?
5: It, this is not
4: near the Studio 54 space, is I it? I
5: think it? it's I think it's with
4: them. i I'm, Is it part of that facility because I've been there many times?
5: I believe it is.
4: Cuz if it's a cabaret setting, you know, I think I saw a Cabaret maybe in the same room then. Okay. That you're in. It was a big space, but it was the musical Cabaret and it was in a cabaret setting at oh. studio 54 i don't remember 54 below being part of that though long long ago yeah i'm not too sure
5: because last time i any time that i've been to new york i have not seen the physical space ah, so okay. your guess okay. is as good as mine i am i'm unsure <laughs>
4: huh, huh. i'm glad i'm not going on stage it's, it's, you'll figure it out
5: i might not even find the building
4: yeah <laughs> and the role of mel will not be played at all because we don't know where valerie is yeah um, yeah okay um Anyways, very exciting. So it's nine fifteen, and this is called the Flame uh, Podcast Musical. Fascinating work on your part, and you produced it, uh, is it with some others, right? Was it Ellie and Jen, and is is that the crowd so- that you produced it?
5: Um, I produced it alongside alongside Ellie Brigida, who is um story and e- editing and engineering, Lee Holmes Foster, who is our composer, and Caitlin Clear, who is our book writer.
4: Uh, we're moving on to in, in uh, Valerie's uh, playlist. We're going to be naked in Manhattan, <laughs> which is probably like a nightmare. I've woken up in the middle of the night, like. Terrifying. Oh, I don't, you know um, let's listen to it. then we'll talk about it.
0: Slumber body kissing Don't touch, I'll never cross the line So I pushed you down a million times I'd love if you knew you were on my mind Constant like cicadas in the summertime Boys suck and girls I've never tried And we both know we're getting drunk tonight Touch me baby but you'll E vai. We'll probably be fine
4: So she cracked me up, cracked me up because she has a very New York accent. She doesn't say naked in Manhattan, how I say it, uh-huh. Manhattan. She says naked in Manhattan. Yeah, there's no teeth. She doesn't have a teeth, poor girl. Manhattan. And, and she says kitten and mountain and fountain, I'm sure which i love i'm from the midwest i'm from michigan and i make fun of them all the time because they don't have teas around here i didn't even
5: notice that i'm gonna have to listen with fresh ears after this oh
4: yeah oh it's there and you know what i wonder when you're doing you know this stuff like for instance dora the explorer right Mm -hmm. when all my kids were into dora the explorer she's from new jersey and she does the same thing so you'd hear her look at the kitten and like i know where she's from you know and she she really was but this is the thing we hear on voiceovers yeah mind you so you know the art of what you do when you're doing an audiobook you know these little cues you know it's hard to anticipate much of it but uh you know going back to that for just one second and that is are you producing yourself are you alone seven hours a day like doing your best or do you have a producer with you how does that work
5: i have done a couple audiobooks where i am by myself and i um have a very hard time doing those because i have a hard time focusing for long periods of time like that if i'm alone thankfully every time i work with penguin random house and a couple other publishing houses they give me a director and obviously that that we are keeping each other accountable in one sense like we're both showing up on time doing our work for the day and going home But my director is there to also make sure that my characters are um, going the same every time I come back to them, especially like the book tomorrow I have, I think I do four or five different accents. Um, Also making sure that I'm saying words correctly or didn't miss a sentence because I will tell you by hour six of recording, sometimes your eyes start to go a little cross-eyed and you're like, you skip sentences. So they're there to help you with all, all of those things. Which is lovely.
4: And you've got to go back to that same voice. And it could be a hundred pages later or something. And you yeah. gotta remember what the heck you sound like. That's gotta be tricky.
5: It is. And it was hard the first couple of times I did it. Now I, I take note when I'm working on a new voice. I have like, um, especially when I work on audiobooks, I have a couple of different placements for different characters in like specific age ranges or specific genders. So I like kind of know where they land and then it'll be tweaking them with mostly the acting. If I know where their voice is. Um, and they're one of like my, my core types that I go to, um, it's just making sure that I am bringing back their, their vibe, especially, which yeah, it can be a lot to remember. So always grateful to have a team behind me. And sometimes I'll get pickups. They'll send me pickups and be like, this actually sounded like so-and-so and not this person that you're trying to be. I absolutely get those, those notes
4: so penguin random house you're working with these folks if you were to send in a reel for a new job for the different publisher or a different project i mean do you have such a thing is it here are eight different voices and then you send them in? Is, is, would that be an audition thing that you do?
5: So for audiobooks, and I just discovered this, and the part of the reason I've been working so much with Penguin Random House specifically is because I did their audiobook narrator mentorship program earlier this year. So I, I learned so much through them. What we worked on was putting together my audiobook reels or demos, as they're more specifically called for that, where you just have different two to five minute long samples from each genre. So, like, right now, I think I have six or seven different samples of different ages, different accents that are just, like, book excerpts that I send when I'm, like, trying to get on new publishers' rosters and stuff like that.
4: This is a lifelong, uh, not to be uh, too fine a point on it, but revenue source. This is a lifelong job for you because… As your younger voice ages into an older voice, and and then an old voice in sixty years, yeah, you've got the skill. There are roles for you. Audiobooks are very popular and not getting less popular; they're getting more popular. Yeah. I mean, you're in a very a very good spot at a very good age. You know, to be in that industry and to become more and more known. Mm-hmm. Um, well done, thank you. Really, really cool, cool gig. A, yeah. I admire it as we said earlier, but. It's going to be a good one for you.
5: I really love it. And I it's I've been a reader since I was very small. I used to challenge myself to read 100 books a year. So like it's a it's a great, great job for for someone like me.
4: Wow. But meanwhile, we've left poor Chapel (laughs) Roan naked. Oh, poor Chapel. (laughs) She's getting cold. She's not happy. No. What, What can you what can you say about this song and why you chose it?
5: I discovered Chapel on TikTok and became obsessed with her aesthetic um, and just her blatant individualism. Um, and she's another queer artist. This song specifically, I've I've listened to her talk in interviews and on her TikTok about her experience writing it. And for her, this was like her first um, I believe it was her first queer relationship. Also, the music is just such a bop. And it just immediately draws you in with that voicemail where she's leaving it, uh, saying that like the person just landed and stuff like that. The verses are just so fun and bubbly and light. And then when it goes into that, touch me, baby, put your lips on mine, could go to hell, um, but we will probably be fine. The way the music shifts, I just loved so much. It's only been out for like, I think four months. And I think I've probably listened to it like 200 times. Like I love this song.
4: You've got to meet her. She's based in LA. I
5: know. I know she, I, I want to, when I start performing live, I like, I don't know how you like be openers for people, but like I would, I would kill the beat like working on the same stage as her and meet her. Cause I am a little bit obsessed with her.
4: She's a, a huge listener to this show. I just want to tell you, I get fan mail all the time. So I'll put in a good <sighs> word. Amazing. Good... <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, uh, if only. I know. Um, Okay, so we're going to go with two, two twofer, mm-hmm. two in a row. We're going to hear, uh, one's more recent and one is a little older. This is, the first one is called Nicotine. The band is Panic at the Disco from 2013. And then we're going to go back in time to 1985 with Hojo Mm -hmm. Howard Jones and the song Things Can Only Get Better. You're listening to Valerie Rose Lohman and PJ Ewing. It's Lester the Nightfly.
3: Cross my heart and hope to die. Burn my lungs and curse my eyes. I've lost control and I don't want it back. I'm going on Cause your love's a fucking drug
4: We'll do it for part one with Valerie Rose Loman. will talk about this song and a whole bunch of others next week here on Lester the Nightfly. has been a PJ DJ production.